Oh my goodness, guys, welcome back. I cannot even explain the crazy couple of months, year. Oh my gosh, we went through the pandemic. We're surviving though. We're here. We're thriving, hopefully. We're getting better, hopefully. We're doing something better, hopefully. Y'all, honestly, 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 I am so excited to be sitting here in my studio, you know, your girl's dreaming big, in my bedroom, on my floor, but I am truly so excited to be sitting here right now and getting ready to record because if you asked me a few months ago, I would have said, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm over it. So much stuff has happened in the last couple of months of my life. It would literally be one of the craziest books if I tried to write it because it's a book that's still being written. And that's for everybody's life. It's still being written. So it's hard to really pinpoint a moment and say, this is where I'm going to start. Because like any story, you got to start from the beginning. And your girl already knows we ain't got time for all of that. So with that being said, let me give you a quick recap of everything that has happened in my life since I've last talked to you guys. I moved back home, which is wild. Um, I got a new job that I felt like was killing me for three months. And then something finally snapped like <laughs> two weeks ago. They made me go, you know what? I'm not gonna let you stress me out no more. And I'm finally okay in a job that I prayed for. My family has went through a crazy storm, just ups and downs, highs and lows. It's expanded. And literally, God has been blowing my mind over and over and over again with his blessings, with his goodness, with just his revelations in the word, and just honestly, day by day. So with that all being said, my name is Danielle. I am the founder of You're Not Alone. And I am so uber duper excited for you guys to be listening, for you guys to be here for season two of the podcast, You're Not Alone. These are moments when I wish I had sound effects and everything, but one day we will have them. So until then, I will just make them with my mouth and hope that you do not feel like it is too much. So if I'm being honest, I was not in the proper headspace to sit down and record. I was not in a proper headspace to write a blog post. I was not in a proper headspace to encourage myself. And it was only after listening to sermons and meeting with friends and hearing one day Pastor Mike Todd say in the Crazy Faith series, don't be bamboozled by the blessing and how sometimes a blessing that God gives you can be the thing that hinders you so much because of the fact that we have manipulated it and turned it around. And honestly, that's what had happened to me. You're Not Alone became such a hindrance for me. It became a heavy weight that was strangling me so much that I was trying to perform in an area when I could not perform. I was trying to live by the world's approval, and every time I didn't get the results I was expecting, every time the figures didn't match the views or all that stuff, I would get super stressed out. And I forgot the reason why I was doing this podcast, why I went after the, this nonprofit, why this whole thing was birthed. You're Not Alone was birthed off the idea of telling your story and changing your life. 
it was never about the figures. It was never about the accolades. It was never about any of that stuff. But my own mind and my ideas of where I should be and comparing myself to other people made me believe that I was not doing enough, that you're not alone was not enough. And so before it drowned me or strangled me better yet, I had to take a step back. And so now when I realized and recentered and regrounded myself on the fact that I created You're Not Alone to let other people know that when they are facing adversities and trials and struggles, that there is somebody else in the world who may not know them, but has went through that same trauma that they have went through and they have made it out. And so in hopes that by them telling their story, that person who is listening can find encouragement and know that they can make it through as well. In the midst of it, also realize that God is always there in the midst of every trial, in the midst of every struggle, because like his word says, he will never leave you or forsake you. So when there is nobody else, he is right there. And I guess in that season that I was gone, I had to learn that too. I had to really figure out who I was without everything. So I want to do, I do really want to get into this topic I had on my mind with you guys to talk about, because you guys have heard me say, life is like a crazy roller coaster ride. And I'm so happy that we have all survived life to the point that where we are right now. That we may not be moving forward in the speed and the velocity that we think we should be moving forward, but we need to encourage and realize that just taking one step at a time is enough in the moment. Because life is a marathon, not a sprint. And yes, we talk about overnight successes and everything like that and these people who popped up, but we don't know the backstory because there were so many nights in the dark. There were so many late nights. There were so many tears. There was so much more that went into their story than what we see when they finally pop up on the scene. And I think that's something that we all have to realize, to not compare our story to somebody else's because your story is uniquely tailored to you. Your story has been handcrafted and your story is something that someday somebody's going to pick up that book and be able to read it and say wow I'm cheering for this person you know I heard a pastor say that we read the bible as Christians when we need to read the bible as humans and it made me pause and think because I was like what do you mean wouldn't you want us to read the bible as Christians and not humans I'm kind of confused But when he broke it down, he was saying that we read it knowing the end. But in those moments when the people who were living in the Bible times, when those stories were happening, they did not know the end. They did not know what was going to happen next, but they constantly walked it out. And that's the same thing with our life. We don't know. Yes, we know that if you give your life to Christ, that you will go to heaven and all the things that that entails. But we don't know what's going to happen in the next step of our lives. But there's going to be somebody somewhere who will get a chance to hear our story and see where we are now. But as we tell them of the past and of the struggles and of the pain and of the hurt and the triumphs and the victories, they are going to know that they can make it too. They are going to know that you you survived all of this. And if you can survive everything, they can survive it as well. You know, coming home was one of the... Honestly, it it was a fight for a little bit, and then it became, okay, a surrender. I came home and hasn't been met with a little bit of weirdness. (laughs) Yeah, it's different from living on your own, having your own space to come back home and have your own space still, but like be back in the household that you grew up in. And then also 
having to reacclimate yourself to being with other people in the household. You get so accustomed to your own ways that it's real wild to come back home and be like, oh, my own ways cannot really work all the way because I am not in my own space anymore. It is a shared space. And so with that, I have to change. I have to adapt. And it's just crazy because I would never have expected this, but yet God had bigger plans for me. And I guess that's the crazy thing about it all that we never know where life is going to take us. We never know what's going to happen next. But all we can do is trust and hold on to the fact that God has bigger plans for us. And it's not going to look the way that you wrote it out. It's not going to follow this grand plan that you on your vision board and that I'll, by 28, I'll be a millionaire and I'll have two kids and I'll be married and we'll live in a mansion. I'm just making this stuff off as I go. But whatever like idea sometimes that you have about your life and where you should be, you kind of got to let it go because I am in a career that I did not expect to ever be in. I, like I said, I'm 26 and I'm back home. Your girl did not think she was coming back home after she moved out. But I'm home and I'm growing. And it's just crazy because I get to just see everything in a new light that I didn't notice before. I wrote a post a long time ago about returning to the start. And it was about when I had came home from college and I was had all these big dreams and stars in my eyes and thought, I'm going to have a big girl job and the world smacked me in my back and said, ah, go home. And it was one of the lowest seasons of my life, but it was also one of the greatest blessings I've ever had because it was this time when God stripped me of everything. He stripped me of an identity that I held so closely. He stripped me of just this concept of my works meaning stuff for him. I was at a school and a campus ministry. I was thriving, what I thought was thriving. And to other people, I probably looked like I was thriving too. And to me, it felt like I was thriving. But I didn't realize how much that illusion that I had built up would break when I was at home the first time when I came home. Because my foundation was built on a piece of God's word. The rest of it was built on my connections. The rest of my foundation was on my accolades. The rest of my foundation was on my title. And it hurt because I came home from my friends who became family in North Carolina, back to Maryland. That is over 330 miles. I left a whole community of people behind, people who were championing and running a race with me, who understood what I was going through because we were all in the same age range because we were all going through the same trials and the trauma and those things. We were all suffering through the same things so it made more sense for us to be together. So when I wanted to reach out to say, hey, can you pray for me? Can you do they would do it because they understood. But then you leave that ecosystem, that sphere, and you go back home to your small town and living with your parents, and it's like a culture shock. And people call it the graduation blues because you're like, what the heck happened? My identity, the person that I have grown to be in that time when I was at college is now colliding with who I was when I came home. Because I'm no longer the person I was when I graduated and I moved out. And now that I'm moving back home, these two personalities are colliding. 
and one of them has to win. But honestly, in a fight when they're trying to win each other and battle out who's going to be the victorious, they both take a hit. And you stand in this weird line going, who am I? And questioning everything. And then you fast forward to me being 26. I moved out. Then I moved back home. And I'm not facing the same trial this time. Yes, I'm home, but it's like, it feels different. And some would say, oh, it's because you have a career. Oh, it's because you're financially stable. Oh, it's because you're older. Oh, it's because blah, blah, blah. But honestly, the only thing that really changed was my faith in God. That he truly became the foundation when nothing else was able to hold me up. In that season when I left, my family went through chaos. I went through chaos. The pandemic hit all of us kind of crazy. And then on top of that, it's like your family's going through stuff. And it's just all that festers and builds up. And you have to find a way to survive. And my way of surviving was getting more and more anchored. I had friends pulling at me and challenging me when my faith was low, saying, you need to pray. You need to go to war for your family. You need to stand up. And I just remember like sitting there looking at my friend in my apartment and feeling this urge to kind of like want to laugh. But the other half of me is like, I hear her. I need to move. And this battling of the two sides of me going, do I laugh or do I pick myself up and say it's going to be okay? Do I trust what we read in the Bible and say that God says if he said it, he means it and he's going to do it? What do I do? And in that season, I borrowed my friend's faith to believe when I didn't know how to believe. Every night I would go home into my apartment and walk in and just be so amazed. God, you bless me so much and you love me so much. Like, why am I so favored that you gave me this apartment, that you gave me this space for me to be able to be an anchor in a sense, for my family, for me to be stable when my family can't be stable, for me to intercede with nobody around, for me to stand in a gap and not have to have any other distractions in front of my face. It was crazy. I fought a lot of battles. I lost a few, but I won more than I lost. And God really showed me who I was in those moments. And every day, he shows me more and more of who I am whether if I'm reading my Bible or I'm not, he is constantly pursuing me. And that's what made it different this time coming home. And it's okay, I wanna say to the ones who feel like, but you don't understand. I'm like, my life is not like yours. I'm facing this stuff, I have this addiction, I'm going through this, you don't understand. And I'm gonna tell you, you're right. I'm not gonna understand everything that you're going through because I'm not the one who has to live that life. I am not the one who has to wake up every day and go through the things that you have to go through. But what I am gonna tell you is that I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you because I know it's hard. I know what it's like to get up and feel sick to your stomach and go, why are we going through this? I know what it's like to call your family member and just feel the distress and be like, did God forsake me? I know what it's like to have to look at your siblings and look at them and say, I do not know and I do not have a solution for you. I know what it's like and I want you to know that you are doing enough. 
You are doing enough by just waking up every day and keeping pushing forward. And if I can encourage you to do anything else, I would say pray. Pray because prayer does move mountains. Pray because every tear that you cry in silence that nobody knows about, God knows about and he sees it. Pray because he never left you and he's never going to leave you or forsake you. Pray because at the end of the day, when there's nobody else there, he is there. When I used to be on campus, we used to go around and talk to people. And I just remember this one time I was at Starbucks with one of the girls that I was meeting up with. And we were just having this conversation about God. It was so interesting because being in the South, it's a totally different world. It's the Bible Belt. There's like five churches on every street. They're super nice out there too. Versus Maryland where you have to maybe drive 20, 30 minutes to get to a church from your town or your house. They're not as easy accessible. So being in the South, being in the Starbucks in the small town, talking to one of my friends and just saying, hey, like we're talking about God. And this guy was just so, I could tell he was so enamored in a sense by our conversation that halfway through our conversation, I just stopped talking to my friend and I just addressed the man. And he was kind of shocked. And I was like, hey, how are you doing and everything? And he was like, oh, I'm fine. And I was just like, yeah, you know, I realized that you um, were listening to us. Do you, so do you want to talk to us as well? And in the midst of the conversation, the man had brought up, you know, some concerns. And I had said to him, you know, if you have doubts about like if God exists or not, only thing I can encourage you to say is like, just ask him, ask God to prove to you, does he exist? And I will let you know he will answer that for you. You don't have to listen to me. You don't have to listen to anybody else have to try to sway you on the presence of God. But ask for yourself and see what he does. And the man got up and walked away. And my friend, she kind of just looked at me and she was kind of shocked about it. But it's, I said it because somebody else had said it to me. And so I say that because in your darkest moments, in those pits when you feel like you will not survive, when you feel like you are the lowest at your lowest, in those moments when you're crying and raging and saying, God, why me? Ask him where he is in the midst of it too. And he will show you. And I'm not going to say that's going to change rapidly or fast. Because in my cases, it never did. I mean, it can happen. And I'm not denying that. But there's been days where I prayed and fasted for stuff. And it took a while for me to see the fruit. But eventually, I saw it. It's awesome in a sense. Because it's the things that you don't think about. It's the little things. Our life is the greatest story somebody will ever read about us. And the same way you cheer for those protagonists in your books and you're like, keep pushing forward, keep going. Or you're watching those movies or a Marvel movie because your girl loves a Marvel movie. And you're watching the fighting scenes and you're watching the protagonist go, go, go. And he's getting beat up or she's getting beat up. There comes a point when they feel like the world is ending. They're able to drag you up this little bit of hope that keeps pushing them forward. And I guess that hope is what saved me. That hope's what saved my family. That hope is what just kept put me pushing forward. And so I'm not even gonna lie to y'all. I don't even know if this episode made sense. These are literally late night thoughts that I'm having because I literally had this whole plan laid out in front 
of what I was going to say. And it took a while to even try. Like, I'm really trying to read these papers and I can't even read them. I think it's funny, too, because before I started, I was like, God, just tell me what you want me to say. I mean, Holy Spirit, take control. And so I'm here's me hoping that something stuck because I don't know what I'm doing, to be honest. I'm literally just a girl who's leaning on faith every time she gets up out here. And when I say get up out here, I mean turn on my laptop, hook up my speaker, turn on the light, and just start clicking record. And I think that has a lot to say about itself. To move even when you do not see what's in front of you. Tasha Cobb said that she lives her life in the fog and she has become comfortable with it because that's where she hears God's voice. <laughs> I think it's kind of funny because I'm starting to realize that I think I'm living my life in that way too and I'm becoming comfortable in it because I know at the end of the day, even though I may not know where I'm going, he's not going to steer me wrong. He's going to have his hands right out there just saying, keep moving and keep coming. And hey, you do not need your eyes to see, to be honest. And the sun is still going to be shining even when you cannot see it. So keep moving forward and keep going. In this season in the world where we are so divided, when it seems like we are running this rat race, where everybody is angry with each other, when it just is so chaotic, I want you to know that you matter. I want you to know that I'm proud of you. I want you to know that you are doing enough. I want you to know that you're doing awesome, actually. Like, I'm so proud of you because as we get older, I really do feel like those are our words that we don't hear enough. But I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you for pushing forward. I'm proud of you for moving. I'm proud of you for just enduring the hardships of this world. And I'm proud of you for getting back on track on all those moments that you slid off. Because I know it's hard, and I know a lot of people don't see you, and I know you could have done things that could have been illegal and all this stuff. But I'm proud of who you are right now. And I cannot wait to see the person that you're going to become. Thank you because you remind me that I'm not alone. So until next time, family, I want you to know that you are loved, you matter, and that you are not alone. So until next time, bye.